Pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, I'm excited to be here today, but I gotta be honest with you. Hey, Spence, I just sent you, I just sent you another meme that you can throw up, or just I sent it separately. Uh, I, I'm, I, I got, I got a lot to share today, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna struggle through it if I can, because the information is so much. Okay, so much. A lot of it, not biblical information, but it's information we're gonna need. And uh, just grateful that you're all, all out there today. Happy birthday to Betty Perkins. She didn't tell me how old she is, but she does. However, however old you are, Betty, you don't look that old. And uh, just appreciate you all of you coming in here every day. And like I always tell you, uh, you, you guys make me proud. I'm proud of you guys because uh, you're not a, you're not afraid to to do a little deep dive in some stuff that makes all of us a little bit uncomfortable. And I have to be honest with you that it is uh, it has cost. Uh, I hate to say use the term me. It's cost past the salt. Well, what does that mean? Hasn't cost. I mean, if if you put on a balance sheet, uh, I've lost I've lost some friends over some of the stuff that not everybody likes it when I bring some of this stuff to the table, and they don't like it because they're kind of stuck in their own paradigm and their all their own little box of beliefs. And I go someplace that they're not, you know, they don't they don't feel real comfortable about believing. That's what uh, that's what happens sometimes. So I just again, I just pray that you all bear with me that uh, I don't know it all. But I'm looking for it all. I'm looking for the truth. And uh, I'm going to be <clears throat> at my next birthday. I'm going to hit the big 7 0. I've been around a while. I'm not easy to fool. My wife said I'm way too trusting, but I'm not easy to fool. And I got a meme. This, this meme came to me today from Rick. And he said, This is based off of yesterday's show. This is the modern church, Isaiah 6 8, revised. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And the Lord said, Here he is, send him. That's kind of where we are, isn't it? Don't send me. Send him. <laughs> so there's certainly somebody out there that'll do it. And uh, make sure you send the right person. Just make sure make sure it's not me. It gets, so I want to dive in today if I can. Hey, Spence, I didn't give you this, but I, I this is becoming almost one of the central verses of what I, I think it's one of the most critical verses in all the Bible, and that's Psalm 2. And I hate to start out with it every day, but I think it's critical that we do it. Uh, everybody give me a thumbs up. Say, Coach, we're going to give you a little bit of grace as you stumble through a whole cadre of information today. And I want, it to, make, I want it to make sense at the end. doesn't mean I'm not going to stumble a little bit because i got so many sources that I want to try to try to lay out there before you today, okay? Uh, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Most of us probably at some point ought to be able to almost memorize this now. The kings of this earth set themselves... And the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying. Okay, let me let me call time on that. Sometimes it seems repetitive. But friends, the heart of education is repetition. Let me say that again. The heart of education is repetition. Amen. You do it over and over and over and over again. And I have people that will say to me sometimes, say, Coach, you know, one of the things that really, really is a, uh, impressive about you is the way that you're able to quote scripture. And I say, well, thanks. Do you know why I'm able to quote, quote scripture? Cause I read it. <laughs> I read it. Not only do I read it, but I read it. And when I read it, look, I'm not trying to make myself out to be some, some holier than thou guy. Okay. But when I read it, I think about what it says. It's like when your parents give you some instructions or your coach gives you some instructions you go do it, but you have to internalize it. If you don't internalize it, it never becomes a habit. And Amen. football playing is nothing more than a habit. Stepping, <clears throat> stepping with the right foot, using your, <clears throat> using your hands the right way, having the proper leverage, 
uh, lock in your head in front. It's all nothing more than learned repetition. It's all it is. It's all it is. <clears throat> and the truth be told, Christianity is nothing more than learned repetition as well with the direction of the Holy Spirit. We're told in the scriptures that the, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God, the whole pulling down the strongholds. Do you understand that that doesn't, that that, uh, doesn't mean you always use the same weapon? Do you understand that? Do you understand that the, the magic of this cue and the magic of Coach Dave Live and what we're trying to do, the magic of that is, is uh, it's not always the same guy taking the shot. Amen. Basketball shot. It's not always the same guy receiving the pass. It's not always the same guy carrying the football. Folks, if you watch, if you watch how the enemy operates or if you watch any army, anything, you're going to find out that you don't even know who the leaders are. The generals, they're back in some, they're back in some office and they're giving orders down and they give the orders down and the people on the ground follow the orders because why? They've been trained to follow the orders, which I hate to keep coming back to it, <clears throat> is the job of a pastor to train, equip, and mobilize the saints for the work of the ministry. Not to bring Amen. them into a church and tell them how to live their lives. That's not, folks, if you, if you need personal counseling, then go sit down with your pastor. But your pastor shouldn't be in the church on Sunday giving you personal counseling on how to live your life. That, you're supposed to do that on your own. The purpose Amen. of the church is a huddle. It is a group that comes together to do what? Be trained, equipped, and mobilized for the works of the ministry. Amen. And we don't have that model. And the reason we don't have that model is because we do not have men, for the most part, and women. We could go on that one all day long. In the pulpit, training and equipping the saints. I want you to know this. Everything that I know about going out on the streets, I learned from somebody else. And I'm going to tell you this. I didn't learn it from the pastor. Because when I started to go to the streets... And I would come back and give a report to my pastor. I found out very quickly he began to avoid me. He didn't want me to go. In fact, hey, are you guys listening out there? You listening out there because this is happening to you. You are, because you've been in here, some of you have been in here almost six years. You're now hearing from people, you better stay away from that guy. You better stay away from that coach. He'll just get you in trouble. Can I tell you why they were telling you that? Because they, don't, they sure as hell don't want to do it. They don't, want to, they don't want to go out and do it. Amen. And if they see you going out and do it, heaven forbid, the next thing they know, they may be inviting you to come out and go with them. They don't want to do that. And they sure as hell don't want to go. And they don't want to have to control any wildfire that might break loose out of the church because pastors are managers. They are not leaders. I'm going to say it again. Pastors, for the most part, there are exceptions, are managers. And the last thing they want is a group of people, persons in the church, they can't control. They can't control it. Amen. Uh, I'm on one of those rants. It's important that you, that you let me complete this rant, okay? Because if you went and you sat down with the average pastor, if you want to have a meeting with your pastor, here would be, be a great place to start. <clears throat> Just go sit down with him and go to Psalm 2 and say, Pastor, I'm just curious. I've been going here for 87 years, and my grandfather came here before me, and my, my great-grandfather came here. My great-grandfather, uh, he plowed the he – plowed, he dug out the, the footer here. So we've been here forever. Uh, Pastor, so could you tell me, uh, what does it mean when the kings of this earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, against his anointed? Uh, Pastor, who would that be? Who might, who might those what, – who, what's David referring to there, Pastor? And the chances are pretty good. He probably doesn't have an answer. And if he does have an answer, he's going to give you a very quick one and move on. Because, friends, listen, this is the heart, this is the heart of spiritual warfare right here. And if we don't get this, if we don't understand that we are fighting against, dare I say it, go back to the fallen angels that we were talking about, those, those principalities and powers, if we don't understand that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against those principalities and powers, which is spelled out here in Psalm 2 and spelled out in Corinthians and spelled out in Ephesians, and if we don't make the connection between this 
and who these people are and their desire to control everything, we are not ever going to advance the ball. And most of you know this, that when you go to your church, your church is self-help. It's a self-help sermon on how you can feel better and how you can fight this. And you don't have to, you don't have to amen. I, I know, I know I'm all over it. And I also know this. This makes pastors mad when I say it. it makes them mad. But it's the truth. It's just the truth. It is just the truth. And you say, well, not our pastor. See, coach, all you do is beat up on pastors. Dang it! They're the heart of everything. They're the reason our team isn't playing. They don't even communicate with each other. They don't even talk to each other. They don't even huddle together. What kind of team is that? So it's not the individual pastor so much as the pastor, whatever that is, that group of people in general have no intentions of playing together. Somebody say amen. I need to catch my breath. Amen. Go ahead. I I need to hear it. I need to hear it. Amen. And if your pastor... If your, pastor is, if your pastor is playing by himself, Amen. I don't care how good he is, if he's playing by himself, he will never be effective. That, my friends, is the truth, okay? That's the truth. He may build his own little kingdom and his own little fiefdom, but he will not be effective in helping to expand the kingdom of God. He will not be effective. Won't be effective. Amen. <clears throat> I... Uh, I don't like saying it, okay? I don't like saying it. Some of my best friends are pastors. I love them dearly. I love them dearly. But I'd say to every one of them, get up your game. You got you to up your game. Now, wait a minute. You can't worry about what the guy's beside you. If the guy beside you is not blocking, well, it doesn't mean you go start your own team. It means you find somebody beside you. And I would ask this to, to our pastor friends out there and, and we know we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Very few pastors out there could name. See, I think their best friends ought to be other pastors. Anybody think that? I, when I was coaching, you know, the guys on the football team, you know who their best friends were? Other guys on the football team. Oh, they had friends in the band, they had friends who maybe they were in the theater. They had friends that didn't do anything. They had friends they hunted with. But for the most part, their best friends were the guys in the in the locker room. And I can tell you right now, I just got an email the other day from some guy I coached 40 years ago. I'm not making it up. I coached him 40 years ago. And he has sent me a little text message, a little thing on Facebook. Hey, coach, good to see you. Man, I'll never forget when we did da, 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 da. And why? Because they know that I, as the coach, put something in them to make them do what they never could have done. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you so much truth here today, folks. And it's it's happened. Can I go there, Myra? Is it okay if I go where I want to go? You guys mind? It, it's go. It's going. We're in the mess that we're in. Number one, because the men, the men, the men, bow their knee obediently to the pastor. The men do. Amen. The men bow their knee, obedient to the pastor and to their wives, and the wives influence the pastor more than the men do. Somebody give me a thumbs up. Somebody give me a thin thumbs up. So you're in a you're in a church where your pastor. Can I say it? Oh Lord. <clears throat> Many of America's pastors are just a little bit more gruff women. Amen. That's all it is. They, they they just love a little harsher than women. Oh, I'm, I'm not trying to make any of my pastor friends mad. I love all of you guys. Please. But I'm telling you the truth. And the message that, you, that, the message that we're giving right now through, from our pulpits is attracting women. It's not attracting men. The, the, women, the men come to church because that's where the woman wants to go. Oh, you know I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> you know I'm telling you the truth. Amen. Oh, I came out of nowhere, but I had to get I had to get off my I had to get off my chest. Because uh I love the body of Christ enough to, to point out that our watchmen are blind. They're all dumb dogs, loving to slumber. Isaiah said that I didn't say that. I'm quoting. In 49 years of killing babies, 
And how many years of teaching transgenderism in, in our schools? And how many years of teaching godless evolution to our children in our public schools? And no opposition to it? And when the shit hits the fan, pardon me, truckers show up, not pastors. Hmm? Huh? Truckers show up. And there's, there's, uh, there's Pastor Arder up there, probably solitary confinement. Is that church, is that jail he's in? I'm wondering, is it surrounded with Christians? Is it surrounded with pastors? Is it, hey, folks, is the church up there where Pastor Arder, is, is, is it surrounded by pastors right now, you think? Are they out there honking their horns to get their brother in Christ out of jail? No, I don't think so. No. You know why? Because they don't want to go in. Who does? Who wants to go in? Say, oh, that Pastor Arder, he's brave. Well, he's brave. Yeah, he is. What happened to you? What happened to your courage? I was telling Michelle the other day, I ought to get in my car and drive up there. Is it Calgary? Where is he? I think I would, but I think probably by the time I get up there, he'll be out of jail, probably. But Tony Spell, look at Tony Spell. Look, just look around you. Look around. There is no, folks, there is no pastoral opposition to what we see going on. You'll say, oh, coach, yes, yes, coach, my pastor speaks about it every Sunday. Well, does he? Does he ever take it outside the pulpit? Does he ever gather any of you and go, go, Push up, back against up. I'm going to stop mm. because I'm, I'm meddling now. So I want to I want to crack something up before you here today. I know Myra wants to pray. Go ahead, Myra. Good morning, good morning, Saints. Thank you so morning. much, Coach. Um, you are right on the spot. I know. I, I know. I, hey, listen. Right. You can amen me all you want to. I don't care. I'm saying what the Holy Spirit told me to say. Go ahead. Amen. Amen, uh, Coach. Um, Good morning, uh, Lord Jesus. Good morning. I thank you for the opportunity to be at Dave Coach's huddle with people that truly love you, Jesus. Uh, we're reading your word, 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and even high, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bring every thought into captivity into the obedience of Christ. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in Coach Dave's huddle. I rebuke the spirit of anxiety, fear, torment, heaviness, and depression, and get under my feet, Satan. I release heaven to all of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Coach. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen, Myra. I'm going somewhere today. I'm going to try to struggle through it here. I've already used up 18 minutes. Come on, Michelle, then Larry. Let me get to it. Morning, Coach. Morning, family. Coach, I've got got two questions. So how long have you been coaching? I've been coaching people for people for 25, uh, about 45 years. In 45 years, Coach, what is the reason why you guys practice plays? You go and you go on a Monday and a Tuesday until Friday. Why do you keep practicing plays? Because I just, I just went over that. Because, so it becomes habit, second nature. So we need to keep on keeping on so it can become habit. I think what the Christians are in is they're in bad habits. And like you mentioned, they've got no church showing them good habits. So they're so stuck in bad plays that we need to literally reprogram them and recoach them into new habits and new plays. And that takes time, Coach. You'll know you're a coach. Well, I know this, that uh, back when I was coaching football, back when Woody Hayes was coaching, they called it three yards in a cloud of dust. And what that meant was they had straight tee, they had they, no wide receivers, three backs in the backfield, and they ran off tackle. And Woody Hayes won more games than anybody in American history up to that point. Three yards in a cloud of dust. And then all of a sudden the game changed. And then the game changed to where they went to wide receivers and they started to pass the ball a little bit. And then the game even evolved a little bit more to now they go with what they call an empty backfield. What does that mean? It means they have the quarterback back there, but no other running backs. Everybody spread out all over the field. They call it this spread offense. And the problem in America today, as far as football is concerned, nobody knows how to stop the spread offense because they're still back in Woody Hayes days and they have linebackers in there. They can't cover wide receivers. So the offense has evolved to the point where the defense hasn't learned how to keep up with it. And that's exactly what's going on. The devil's on offense and we're spread out. We don't have any idea how to, we don't have any idea how to defend it. We, we want to still run three, three yards in a cloud of dust. We still want to run what Woody Hayes did 40 years ago, 50 years ago. It's a new technology. It's a new world. It's a new understanding of what's going on. And some guys still have the same old damn playbook. In fact, they won't even look at the new playbook. I have pastors. I have friends who will not. They, they turn off the show if I bring up the subject of the Giants. They turn off the show. 
We turn off, they don't believe that stuff. They turn off the show. What, what am I supposed to do? What, what am I supposed to do? I'm trying to help them understand the weapons of the other team, the weapons of their warfare, how we might oppose against it. I'm trying to show them who the kings of this earth are, how they're conspiring. I'm trying to show them what's going on all around us, trying to show us why the devil's eating, eating our team's lunch, and they're not interested in it because they didn't learn that in their denomination. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm sorry. Just telling you the truth. And then we want to try to go out and get all those guys on the same page. Oh, I'm not going to go in there. I'm not going to go in there. We don't agree with their doctrine. Oh, hell no. But stand up and paint your face and scream and holler for the Buckeyes, don't you? You don't have trouble doing that. You don't have trouble getting along with them. Or you go to the high school football game and cheer for the local high school football team. You don't have trouble with their doctrine, do you? Boy, I'm amening it today. Go ahead, Larry. Amen. <clears throat> you know, I do speak that. There's those th- those people calling themselves pastors that aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. I, d- I, I do speak against them. It's not that I dislike them personally at this point. It's I do speak against their ignorance, their their disobedience. And it boils down to this. You know, I'm, y'all know I'm a truth and a logic guy. If the, quote, pastor of any, quote, fellowship that's supposed to be representing Jesus Christ on earth today, if that, quote, pastor is not building unity in the entire body of Christ, putting his and assembling his group of people that he's pastor of with other groups of people that other people are pastors of, if they're not building that unity, then the truth and the facts and the logic says they are not being led by the Holy Spirit. They are not on my side. They are synagogues of Satan led by satanically led leaders. And I say a pox on them until they repent and Amen. come to the light. Not all the, I'll, I'll differ with you on this. They're not all satanically led. I understand your point. They're not all satanically led. They are mis, uh, they're mistrained. They're mistrained, folks. They run, a, they run a church the way other pastors tell them to run a church. They're still can I, they're still running the straight T, two tight ends and the straight T. They're still running Woody Hayes football, and we have now moved to the spread offense. And we are we're, the church is still in the straight T. Some of you don't understand football. Some of you do understand, and this is exactly what's going on. Go ahead, Paul. Hey, coach. Yeah, so it, it makes. Good sense. It's it's interesting that pastors, and I don't know much about pastors, but they don't really listen to them to you, do they? And no. It's the way it is in medicine, and it's it's called the art of medicine or the practice of medicine because the really good doctors listen to their patients. Mm-hmm. They don't brush them off. Um, and in the end, it, it's a narrative medicine. I learn from you folks. You tell me what goes on, what works. But if I dispel that as if I know everything, then I'm ineffective and life goes on. Amen, Paul. Now, listen, uh, uh, nobody else. I want to shut it down here a second, okay? I learned to be a, I learned what I learned from Flip Benham, Rusty Thomas, Chet Gallagher. And I learned it from old Frankie. And I learned it from Ken Scott. I could run down a litany of people that I learned, how do I say this, offensive, on the street, offensive, offensive meaning we're on the attack. I learned that from Christian men outside the church. In fact, when those guys were training me, I was told by my pastor to stay away from them, right? Stay away from them. And it's those great soldiers of the cross, some of them who spent months, months in jail, months in jail, only to be told, uh, you guys know what I'm saying, right? Sorry, sorry, Christianity ain't for cowards. It ain't for cowards. And if if you're a pastor and you're afraid of what some lady sitting on the front row is going to say because she's giving a lot of money, dude, you need to find another job to begin with. Okay, I'm, I'm moving. Here, I want, I want to try to do this. And I want to, I want to, yeah, I got a lot of people that hate me. A lot of Christians hate me. Well, they don't hate me. They just disagree with me. My wife loves me. Don't you, honey? She does. She loves me. Okay, I got, I got to show you something. I got to, 
this is bear with me bear with me and help me here okay because i want to try to expose to you today the kings of this earth in a way that you've probably never seen it okay first of all i got to show you that i got to show you i got to show you a video that you just ain't going to believe fauci and masks <clears throat> are you guys ready for this huh this is about a minute go ahead go and play it spence so Dr. Fauci is now saying that the vaccine could be, no, I'm not going to be accused of twisting anybody's words. Roll the clip. This would not be the first time, if it happened, that a vaccine that looked good in initial safety actually made people worse. There was the history of the respiratory syncytial virus vaccine in children, which paradoxically made the children worse. One of the HIV vaccines that we tested several years ago actually made individuals more likely to get infected. Say that first part again. This would not be the first time, if it happened, that a vaccine that looked good in initial safety actually made people worse. That's what I thought you said. So I guess it's not misinformation. Jump in there, Paul. I saw your hand go up there real quick. Yeah, the backstory on that's pretty hideous. He skipped the trials on those little babies. He yep. skipped the initial trials with animals, went right to them and killed the babies. At that point, he should have been he should have been <clears throat> put in prison. There's certain ethical standards we have and research, and he skipped them. He's been doing it, and right now we're in a massive RSV viral. Bullshit. Yep. Sorry. Yep. Amen. Amen. So, so friends, tomorrow I'm just giving you a heads up. I wrote yesterday a commentary entitled "Hillary Should Hang." Now, I told I told you this. Um, I got banned from Facebook simply for posting that meme. Hillary should hang, right? Hey, f- hey, Doctor Paul. Hillary should hang. She committed treason. Hey. Oh, she <laughs> should have a trial. She should have a trial. But you, folks, you do know that the penalty for Treason is what? Does anybody know what the penalty for it is? It's hanging. It's hanging. It's death, right? And so when I say Hillary should hang, see, see, I'm I'm wondering, should I I publish that commentary? Is the FBI going to come after me now, Sam, I'm threatening Hillary? Is that what's what's going to happen? This is what I'm going to unveil to you here today, okay? Sandra, come in quickly. Go ahead. He used the word test. Yes, he did. Well, they didn't even test this stuff that they got. They They didn't even test it. Okay, so pull it up there for me quickly. I'll do the best I can, okay? We all ask, uh, why isn't Trump doing something? Why, did, why isn't Jim Jordan doing something? Why isn't Mark Meadows? Why didn't Harry Reid do? Why aren't they doing something? Why aren't they doing something? Because, folks, the kings of this earth, Psalm 2 tells us, are conspiring. They've set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Spencer, if you would, pull up for me. How many of you guys know, we talk about the swamp all the time. It, it says uh, intel, intel agencies. It's the second one down. Did you get, folks, look at this. Do you know who the swamp is? You know who the swamp is. Make it a little bit bigger. Hey, friends, listen to me now. This is critical. This is, for the most part, non-elected government agencies. Do you understand this? These are the people who are controlling. These are the Psalm 2 people. Now, wait a minute. These people are empowered by demonic forces far above us that we don't understand. Principalities, powers, evil spirits in high places. Now, who Amen. are these? This, this, these are the I'm going to Stay with me. I told you I'm going to struggle trying to get all this out to you today. Can you make it a little bit bigger, uh, Spence? Just one more click on that thing, maybe. We know who they are, right? 17. Seven, you want to know why Donald Trump couldn't get anything done? I don't know whether Donald Trump is a good guy or I don't know whether he's a bad guy, but I promise you this. All of these agencies are against Donald Trump, okay? Maybe it's a setup. Maybe it's a two-card Monty. Maybe he is part of it. But if if a reformer ever went into the government and wanted to reform the government, here is what he has to swim through. I'm going to show you some more. Okay, scroll down, Spence, if you could. 
13 different agencies. You guys ever heard of these? There's the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. Unelected bureaucrats. Unelected demonic entities. There's the Central Intelligence Agency. There's the Defense Intelligence Agency. I wonder if there's any infighting in these groups. There's the Federal Bureau of Investigation. How many of you can say, you don't have to say right now, because I never heard any of this crap. I know. There's a National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. There's a National Reconnaissance Office. This is the swamp. These are the alligators. There's the National Security Agency and the Central Security Service. There's the Department of Energy. There's the Department of Homeland Security. There's the Department of State. Now, I'm going to stop right now as, as, you're, as we're reading this. Can you name anybody in any of these organizations? Anybody you voted for or elected in, in any one of these things? Anybody know of anybody? The kings of the thirst have set themselves and the rulers are taking counsel together. There they are. They're taking counsel together. And who are they taking counsel together? Against? Why well, against the Lord and his anointed. This is the Department of Treasury. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'd like to dig into the bottom of that thing. The Drug Enforcement Administration, right? Hey, Paul, the Drug Enforcement Administration, while well, they're forcing everybody to take a jab. Are you? Are anybody picking up the irony of this? Anybody picking it up? There's the U.S. Air Force with their own intelligence agency and the Army with their own intelligence agency and the Coast Guard with their own intelligence agency and the U.S. Marine Corps with their entire agency and the U.S. Navy with their entire agency. And you know what's going on? <coughs> oh, my goodness. Lord, be, help me here. <clears throat> these, are running, these are running the world, folks. <clears throat> not Donald Trump, not the Republican Party. This is who is running the world. So we saw Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton, we now know. I don't have the article in front of me. I, I, I hope you've all kept, up, kept all up on it now. We now know that from John Durham, who released an indictment of some guy named Sussman, who worked for Hillary Clinton, and they've now indicted Sussman. And as they indicted Sussman, they also said that the Hillary Clinton campaign paid for spying on the president of the United States while president of the United States. Are you, are, do you guys understand? Do you guys understand this? Do you understand? Would we, would we be looking the other way if Vladimir Putin had been caught spying in the White House? Would we be looking the other way if he had done that? I don't, I don't think we would, would we? But yet Hillary Clinton can pay for, the, for these groups right here in front of us to spy, that's right, spy on the president of the United States. Tap his phones. Do you guys remember when he said that? Do you remember when he said that with Leslie Stahl? I thought, I, I, do I have that in here somewhere, Spencer? I think I do. I think I do, Spencer. Let's see. Uh... Uh, where, oh my goodness. Spencer, do me a favor. Uh, while I'm, while I'm looking for this, I want you to play a quick video from the Godfather. Okay. Because here's what all these, here's what all these government agencies do. They buy people. They control people. Did you know? Oh God, Lord help me. I got to do this real quick, Spencer. Go to it says corrupt government. Let's go there first. Corrupt government. If you uh, scroll clear on down, scroll clear on down. Have you guys ever heard of the Gang of Eight? <clears throat> you ever heard of the Gang of Eight? Barack Obama. There he was with Eric Holder. They're the one that set up this whole mess. They just retooled. They went from a straight T offense to the spread offense. When Obama was in office, they went from a straight T offense to a spread offense. You get in the picture. Are you understanding what's going on? Obama expanded this whole thing, right? Scroll on down, Spencer. Lord, be with me. Help me. Keep on going. Keep on going. You'll see a picture of the Gang of Eight. Gang of Eight. These are the people. Keep going, Spencer. Keep going. It'll say Gang of Eight. You'll know when you're there. Oh, I got to come back to this. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, you got to read this. Folks, you got to read this. I put it in this chat. Yes, keep going. 
Keep going. Gang of eight. Gang of eight. Gang of eight. You think the President of the United States is in control? There they are. There they are. There's the gang of eight. The 2021 gang of eight. These people are, are in control of what they call the, help me out here, the intelligence community. And this gang of eight here are the ones who determine what information will be released to the people, including the President of the United States. Are you with me, folks? These people here, supposedly these intelligence agencies are working for them. Right? They're not working for you. They're not working for the President of the United States. The gang of eight are the ones who know all the dirty tricks that are going on. And the gang of eight, whether you want to believe this or not, the gang of eight are the ones who are behind the destruction or the tearing down of the Trump administration. Why were they tearing down the the Trump administration? Because the kings of this earth have set themselves and rulers have taken counsel together and they held information from the president of the United States, his advisors. They were wiretapping the president. These folks ought to all hang. They ought to all hang. It's treason. Okay? It's treason. Now go back up a second. Go, go, go back up. Bear with me, friend. I'm sorry. I, I ask you to pray for me that I'd get through this because this is so chill. right there. Go to, go to that, go to that pretty young girl, and I want you to hear two things. This is this is Elise Stefanik asking a questions at the James Comey hearing. It's very, very short, very, very short, and you're going to hear that Comey's basically going to tell us, well, who's really controlling. Go ahead, go ahead, and, go ahead and play that real quickly. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Director Comey and Admiral Rogers, for your testimony today. Uh, My first set of questions are directed at Director Comey. Broadly, when the FBI has any open counterintelligence investigation, what are the typical protocols or procedures for notifying the DNI, the White House, and senior congressional leadership? There is a... um, Practice of hang on, hang on, briefing on, hang sense. on. How hard? Do you see him take a deep breath? How hard would that be to say, I report directly to the president and I tell him? How hard would that be for him to say? And to take a deep breath to figure out how he could wiggle his way around. Admiral Rogers sitting beside him. These are the kings of the earth. Okay, folks? These, these, these are, go ahead, go ahead. Sensitive cases to the chair and ranking of. Sensitive, hang on. They take sensitive cases to the chair and the ranking. They take the cases to the gang of eight, and the gang of eight decides whether or not they're going to deep six it or whether they're going to pass it on to the president of the United States. Go ahead. I hesitate is, thanks to feedback we've gotten, we're trying to make it better, and that involves a briefing of the Department of Justice, I believe the DNI, and the, uh, some portion of the National Security Council at the White House. So if that's so quarterly... To brief them before Congress is briefed. So it's quarterly for all three, then senior congressional leadership, the White House, and the DNI? I think that's right. Now, that's by practice, not by rule or by written policy, which is why, uh, thanks to the chair and ranking giving us feedback, we're trying to uh, tweak it in certain ways. So since in your opening statement you confirmed that there is a counterintelligence investigation currently open, and you also referenced that it started in July, when did you notify the DNI, the White House, or senior congressional leadership? Good question. Congressional leadership, sometime recently, they were briefed uh, on the nature of the investigation in some detail, as I said. Obviously, the Department of Justice has been aware of it all along. The DNI, I don't know what the DNI's knowledge of it was because we didn't have a DNI until uh, Mr. Coates took office and I briefed him his first morning in office. So just to drill down on this, um, if, if the open investigation began in July and the briefing of congressional leadership only occurred recently, why was there no notification prior to the recent, the past month? I think our decision was it was a matter of such sensitivity that we wouldn't include it in the quarterly briefings. briefings. So when you say... So in other words, friends, in other words, your decision... Can you pause it? Folks, this is seven minutes long. In other words, the intelligence agencies decided that they were going to get do an investigation on the White House and were 
didn't have to tell the White House because they were required because of what Obama set up that they had the first clerk to the Gang of Eight. And the Gang of Eight didn't want the president to know what was going on. Are you, are you with me, guys? Somehow I got, not, I, got, I got knocked off my own show. I read. No, I'm I'm not back not so Am I okay? A ah, bunch of us got knocked. They probably yeah, don't want I, this up. They don't want this going yeah, on. Huh? Are we okay now? Are you guys all hearing me now? We're on, brother. Okay. I said that your host. Yeah, I got kicked off too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing, right? All right, all right. Yeah. Keep going. Okay, keep going. so so do we do we get the picture here? What's going on? The picture that's going on here is Obama and Holder and that whole cadre. It's been going on for years, but they set up a system whereby no information gets to the president of the United States unless the Gang of Eight first approves of it. Now, can you go back and show us who those Gang of Eights are? Can we go back and see who those people are? And we know this, right? We know that. Oh, this is this is so wicked, friends. You you have to read this. Put this. In, we put in a chat the other day. This is so wicked. This is so wicked. Who on that? Who there do you ch- do you count? There's a Nancy P. Lousy, right? What's that homo at the top? What's his name? The guy at the top there. Adam the Schiff. Top? Adam Schiff. Schiff. Yeah, that, that pervert, right? And we got oh, Harry uh, Harry Reid. But what? What? Do you? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That every bit of information has to go through these guys before it ever makes it to the White House. Did you know that? Marco Rubio, really? Huh? I wonder why Jim Jordan's not on this crew. Oh, I got so much to share with you. Hang on, because I'm, go- I'm going to show you something here. Wait a minute. Go to the go to the Godfather clip, okay? Go to the Godfather clip. This is from the movie The Godfather. And Spencer, put this at 1.5 speed. And friends, uh, uh, this is the one. Yeah, put it at 1.5 speed. Folks, this is exactly what goes on in the federal government with uh, bought off sources. Okay, go ahead. This is during the movie The Godfather. This is Michael Corleone's people before a Senate committee. This is, of course, a movie, but this is what it would look like. Go ahead. This is why we get no justice. Can you turn it up a little bit? These are the guys they threatened to keep their mouths shut, to change their story. To go to the DNI. And where do you live now? I live uh, in an army barracks with the FBI guy. <laughs> we have here finally a witness that will further testify to Michael Corleone's rule over a criminal empire that controls all of the gambling in this country and perhaps in other countries. This witness has had no buffer between himself and Michael Corleone. He can corroborate our charges on enough counts for this committee to recommend a charge of perjury against Michael Corleone. Senator, thank you, Chancellor. Mr. Pentangeli. Mr. Pentangeli. That's Michael Corleone. Member of the Corleone family. Did you serve under capital regime of Peter Clemenza, under Vito Corleone, also known as the Godfather? I, uh, I never knew no Godfather. I got my own family, Senator. Angela, you, uh, you are contradicting a sworn statement you previously made to me and signed. I ask you again, sir, here and now, under oath, were you at any time a member of a crime organization headed by Michael Corleone? I don't know nothing about that. Oh. I was in the olive oil business with his father, but that was a long time ago, that's all. We have a sworn affidavit. We have it. Your sworn affidavit that you murdered on the orders of Michael Corleone. Do you deny the confession? And do you realize what will happen as a result of your denial? Look, the FBI guys, they promised me a deal. So I, so I made up a lot of stuff about Michael Corleone, because that's what they wanted. But, but it was all lies. Uh, everything. And I kept saying, uh, uh, Michael Corleone did this, and uh, Michael Corleone did that. So I said, uh, yeah, sure. Mr. Corleone, would you kindly identify for the committee the gentleman sitting to your left? I can answer that. His name is Vincenzo Pentangeli. Is he related to the witness? He is, I believe, his brother. 
Will he come forward and be sworn, sir? Sir, this man does not understand English. He came at his own expense to aid his brother in his time of trouble. He's not under subpoena, and his reputation in his own country is impeccable. Are you saying he knows nothing about these matters? To my knowledge, nothing. I'm going to find out what the hell happened here. All right, this committee is now adjourned. The witness is excused. Janitor! This committee owes an apology! This committee owes an apology! Okay, so you can shut it off. Shut it off. So what happened? Well, they get him before the con. They got sworn affidavits, all that. He's ah, it's all a lie. Why? Why? Well, been bought off, threatened off, what, whatever, folks. This is going on today. This is going on today. These are the kings of the earth. This is who we're is conspiring against. This is who we are fighting against. Okay. Now, Spencer, if you could keep going, go back to where the gang of eight was, and go to the bottom, because I'm going to show you. Oh my God. Lord, give me the, keep going. I want you to go down to public-private partnerships. Keep on going down. I'll put all this in the chat. You guys can have all of it. China, Russia, how we're working with them. Keep going. Keep, oh, there it is. There it was. Go back up. I'm sorry. <clears throat> oh, right there. Public-private partnerships. Hmm? <clears throat> the modern fourth branch of government is only possible, possible because of public partner. Private partnerships. Can you say Facebook, Twitter? Do you not have, you do not take my word for it. The partnership is so brazen, they've made public admissions. The biggest names of big tech announced in June their partnership with the Five Eyes Intelligence, right? Huh? Ultimately controlled by the NSA to monitor all activity in the platform, identify extremist content, look for expressions of domestic violent extremism, and then put the content details in the database where the Five Eyes intelligence agencies, the UK, the US, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, can have access to every bit of information on Facebook, Twitter, Google, Microsoft. They're all partnering with the intelligence apparatus. It might be difficult to fathom how openly they admit this, but they do. Look at the sentence in the press release. It's mine. The group will use lists from intelligence, sharing groups of Five Eyes, adding URLs and PDFs from more groups, including the Proud Boys, the Three Percenters, and the Neo-Nazis. So the Intelligence Committee are the ones who are running everything, not the, not the Congress, not the Congress, because they got the good on all the congressmen. And they got their, six, they got their gang of eight put in place specifically to top, stop the transference of government information, non-government information, clear, honest government. Do you think, go back to that gang of eight, Go back to the Gang of Eight. Ask yourself this simple question. Right there. Did they know the Trump collusion was bunk? Anybody think they knew it? Anybody think they knew it? Yes. Of course they knew it. Of course they knew it. They were a part of it. (laughs) They they, they, They were it. They were it. Okay, I'm going to open it up here in a second. I got, I got a lot more. Go to the bottom of this entire article because <clears throat> I want to show you why we're on the right. Why we're on the right. Why we're on the, I'm sorry. Come back. I wasn't looking. Going up there. No, no, the other way, Spence. There it is. Nope. <laughs> stop. Stop. Go up. Go up. Keep going. Slow, slow, slow. Keep going. You're doing great. Okay, here we go. What now? What now? There's a, there is a way to stop and deconstruct the intelligence branch. You understand we have an intelligence branch. Do you understand that the intelligence branch is above everything? It's above the Supreme Court. It's above the president. It's above everything. It's above the Pentagon. It's above everything. So what do we do? Do we still go to Washington, D.C. and petition to Washington, D.C.? What now? There is a way to stop and deconstruct the intelligence branch, but it requires some outside-the-box thinking. It requires a spread defense now against the spread offense. We still haven't figured it out yet. The box, outside-the-box thinking reliance on the Constitution as a tool to radically change one element within the government. In the interim, we must remain focused on three tiers that we need for success. Tier one, tactical civics at a local level. Engaged and active citizen participation at the community, city, town, and hamlet level of society. This is what might be described as grassroots level, school board level, city council level, county commissioner level. That's step one. We have to take that over. Number two, tier two, is extreme federalism, meaning at a state level, 
engaged and active citizens' participation through your state house and state representatives. This is a state-level assembly and, and action demands upon the state house, state senate, and state governor. All politics is local and tier three. The challenge of federal offices on a national level. This is where we outline a similar action that can be taken upstream that allows the first two tiers to retake control of the federal offices. This is where we throw the one ring into the fire of mortar. Go deep. I'm confident that ultimately we the people will win. And here's a plan for how we execute it. So marches on Washington. Uh, Controlled opposition, I'm going to say this publicly, Jim Jordan, God bless Jim Jordan, the bulldog of the house, is controlled. He's a good guy, maybe an honest guy, but he's on a rope and he's allowed to say so much. Because it keeps guys like me and Larry and uh, Randy, we... We say, oh, good, Jim Jordan's on the back. Jim Jordan's on it, man. Jim Jordan's going to get it. And we have to be very, very careful. Although Hillary, clearly, there's two things going on with Hillary. Either, number one, she's no good to him anymore and she's a sacrificial lamb. Or number two, it's a great, great, great distraction to think that they are moving forward. I don't know which it is, but I do know this. Bingo. Durham is not operating on his own. There's no way that they would let John Durham bust them out unless that gang of eight wants it. Are you, are you picking it up? Am I picking it up here? Okay, I'll open it up here. This, I, I'm, just, I'm just at the – this is the kings of the earth. These are the guys that we're dealing, dealing with. Come on in, Dale. Well, Coach, if you could put that picture back up there of the gang of eight, let's just look at a couple scenarios. Had Donald Trump, had Donald Trump been impeached, right – then then they they get rid of Pence also. Who becomes then the president of the United States at that time? Who is in Congress? Who held the seat in Congress? Right? He, but, right? So she's there. And who gets to confirm that, yay or nay? It's either McConnell or Schumer, right? The, yes. the four characters up in this picture right here, brother, are are serious people. You got McCarthy. What if what if they impeach Joe Biden? We and the Republicans win back the House and they get rid of Carmel, Camel Face Harris. Who becomes? He's right there, right there, right. Folks, so, they have these people have more power these, than the President of the United States. I want you to understand that. People, the four people on the bottom line, brother. They are the four. They are the four aces in the hole. They are the ones that hold all the power. <clears throat> Who's uh, look? Uh, who is, as you look up there, who has been in power through the Obama administration to where we are right now? Who's been on the Gang of Eight ever since? Why, Pelosi, Schumer, McConnell. And McCarthy. And, folks, come on. Revelation 2015. I also want to add uh, a lot of the Gang of Eight there and many more in our uh, selected Congress are also also hold dual citizenships with another country. So I just ask, how can they be loyal to our country if they hold citizenship in another country? Okay, I, Amen, Wes. That, I, it is Wes, right? It, it is. Yes, sir. Uh, thanks for the seeds, by the way. Bless you, man. Um, folks, you see what's going on? You see why all politics is local? Do you do you see what Donald Trump? was fighting against, whether he was a good guy or whether he was a bad guy, doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. Because these are the guys that are controlling it. Jack, come on in. Yeah, these these clowns couldn't have gotten away with it if it hadn't been, if we hadn't ignored what was going on 15, 20 years ago. Because the law says that the, the government cannot um, store information on private citizens. Right. So back to your private par- public-private partnership concept, if we had stopped that process then, they couldn't have used the fusion centers that say set up as private companies, and those private companies store your private information they gather it up supposedly for their own benefit but then they sell it to the government 
And so we allowed for this to happen. And they <laughs> couldn't it. have done it. See, but See we, the pit, the, when, the, when folks, you and I said something. The Patriot put it all in place. So the Patriot, Patriot Act was the straight T offense. Obama came in and he brought in the spread offense using this team that he already had. Are you you getting a picture? Spencer, real quickly, go to uh, click on uh, what is Trump up against? I think that's what I want you to open. Open that up real quickly. Coach, can I do a follow up on that? Quickly. Okay. The Patriot Act, the Patriot Act came from 9-11. That 2,500 page document. George Bush didn't write that 2,500-page document in 48 hours, let me tell you, buddy. So no, where did that come not. from? That came from – that's a Clinton-Biden The kings document. of this earth. It's right. not Clinton. It's the kings of this earth. Clinton was controlled. That's why I'm saying to you now, have they decided that they're going to – can they now expend Hillary? Can they now say, yeah, boy, out of Hillary was doing that. Oh, doggone, and we go after Hillary, and nothing else ever changes because we think we got Hillary. So here it is, the public-private partnership. Watch Leslie Stahl with the President of the United States in 2016. Just watch this. It's about a minute and a half. I wish you would interview Joe Biden like you interview me. It would be so good. You know what? You the, like this, the, I thought. I thought you I don't liked mind it. I don't mind bar. it. But when I watch him walk out of a store and he's walking with a ice cream and the question the media asks him, what kind of ice cream, what flavor <laughs> ice cream do you have? And he's in the midst of a scandal. He's not. And he's taking... He's of course not. he is, no. Leslie. Come on. Of course he is. It's the biggest, second biggest scandal. So, the biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my campaign. Well, there's Leslie. no real evidence of that. Of course there is. No. It's all over the place. Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they got I, caught. Can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes, and we can't put on things we can't no, verify. You won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't Look, put on things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied and, on my campaign. Well, we can't verify that. It's been that. totally verified. No. It's been, just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign. They got caught. No. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. And you will see that, Leslie, and you know that, but you just don't want to no. put it on the air. As a matter of fact, I don't know that. Okay. She didn't want to know it. She didn't want to know it. Craig, come in quickly. Okay. Uh, well, two things, Coach. One, um, what's the CIA named after who? George Bush. Uh, where was George Bush when uh, Kennedy was shot? Uh, he couldn't he remember. Know. Only uh, guy in America then, uh, doesn't know where he was. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, you saw what I did when I'm trying to educate people, six to five media uh, corporations due to the 1996 Telecommunications Act, consolidated all media, media through the world through corporate entities that control the narrative. Amen. Amen. And I, I teach those. That's what I'm teaching when I meet people. Um, saw my, you saw my poster. You saw yep. my handout. So people just need to understand what they're up against. It's a web. It's the kings of this earth are conspiring. They can't, the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed. Janine and Paul, quickly. Okay, so we have the kings of the earth, but uh, who's the godfather here in charge of them? Um, Satan. <laughs> Satan. I don't, that's uh, he's working through somebody. Paul Webb. Well, there's there's a physical there. Oh, sure there is, but we don't know who that is. They, they change that through somebody, right? They change those guys at the top. We never we never know it. Doesn't even matter. They just give orders down. Just like the Godfather. So you're going to go in there and testify against me? Well, your whole family will be dead. Go ahead, go in there and testify against us. Your whole family will be dead. That's that's the way the game's played. Go ahead, Paul. Hey, Coach, listening to Leslie Stahl, a question Trump like that reminds you of a line, an famous line, surely God did not say that. Yeah, <laughs> did God really say? God didn't really say that. Mark Trump. Yeah, you're on top of it, Coach. I'm just saying, wouldn't you consider this a, quote, false divine counsel? So if you've yeah. got eight of the kings of the earth, it's the earth, Coach. These are the kings of the U.S., these watchers have domains they've been given. How come is it that at the northern border of the U.S., all the way to Alaska, there's no earthquake activity? See, those are domains given to the kings of the earth, mm. and there's a whole bunch of them. 
So these eight might be part of the kings of the earth. The earth is a lot more land and boundaries. And I'll talk more after the show about the Patriot Act. So mm. uh, great show, Coach. A lot more going on than we think is going on. Now, so the only way you overcome evil is you overcome evil with good. And where are we going to find good to overcome evil? Why? It would probably be on God's team, except they're still running the straight T offense and don't have any idea how far the whole game has has changed, transcended the times in which we live. See you tomorrow.